Hello, I'm Amy Stevenson and this is The Human CEO. In each episode, we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader. So often I see teams, the leaders built a team of people that will listen to them uh, and it's all about them. At the end of the day, you will form consensus one way or the other and you go in the, in the best direction from being at odds. Welcome to The Human CEO. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I'm joined by Nick Winston. Nick's the co-founder of Biovate Hygienics, a company that's developed and provides sustainable cleaning products using the power of nature. Following a successful career in banking, Nick moved to the UK from South Africa to pioneer biological cleaning in the UK market and is seen as one of the drivers of this technology. For the past 15 years, he's been an environmental entrepreneur, pioneering the use of sustainable biological cleaning products in various commercial sectors. Nick joins us today to share his insight as a leader and a human CEO. Thank you for joining us, Nick. It's great to have you with us. Thanks very much, Amy. Uh, great to, to be here with you this afternoon. I'm looking forward to the conversation, so thank you for joining us. So can you, first of all, can you tell us a little bit about your organisation and what you're working towards, please? Yeah, so uh, I run a business called uh, Biovate Hygienics, and what we do is uh, biological cleaning products for the commercial and industrial sectors. Um, so really looking at um, uh, replacing uh, chemicals, which are the, the, the core uh, and traditional way that people have cleaned, uh, with natural alternatives using um, bacteria, enzymes, uh, plant-based uh, actives. Uh, and uh, our, our biggest challenge really is, is um, it's, it's a journey that we're all on as a, as a planet to get to uh, net zero. And um, the part that we can play in that, both from the product uh, perspective and from a packaging perspective. So that's what we're about. Fantastic. Fantastic. And so the organization has been around, well, it's just coming up for a year now. Yeah, um, so I've got a, a, a background in, in this uh, uh, biological space. I've been in it for the last 15 years. Um, kind of really got the, the movement off the ground in the UK um uh started it uh, in in 2008 um left it uh, after the pandemic um and and got back into it um last year which uh, is really excited kind of looking at the advancements that were happening in in, in the biological space in terms of actors available um, new surfactants new fragrances new packagings uh, so i thought i'd get back into it and fortunately been very warmly received by um, a lot of the distributors in in the commercial cleaning sector and um, yeah we've uh, managed to get uh, get off the go um, uh, with quite a bang in the first year fantastic it's needed it's definitely needed isn't it there's absolutely a market and a need there Definitely. I think the what's interesting is there's a, a huge trend. I'm, I'm used to uh, kind of, you know, um, from 2010 to uh, pre-pandemic, really kind of um, environmental being a tick-the-box exercise. And, all, yeah, we'll look at that. Uh, what we've found post-pandemic is it's, it's become a lot more serious, a lot more attention is paid to it, mm-hmm. um, and a far better quantification of what sustainability is. Uh, sustainability experts who uh, are driving um, major organizations, public sector. Um, yeah. So it's quite an exciting time to be in this space. Having been in it for the last 15 years, I think the change we will see in the next 10 years will be more than we've seen in the last um, 50 years in terms of advancement. So right. exciting time to be in the space. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And not to move from the exciting, from the excitement to the challenges, but in terms of your challenges as a leader, 
of that kind of organisation? What are you up against at the minute? So um, I think the first year was challenging going from startup into scale-up straight away. Uh, I mean, we, 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 we were fortunate that in our first year, we, we sold over a quarter of a million cases of product uh, and just the challenges that go with uh, that level of scale-up. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, that was kind of really last year's challenge. Parallel to that was also um, packaging, okay. uh, where... Um, plastic is a is a major challenge for us all, and that if, if some economies have got it right in terms of their plastic recycling, uh, we haven't. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty widely known fact that the UK only recycles about nine percent of its plastic. Um, so uh, PCR plastic is part of the the evolution, but it's not the end solution. So that that's one of the big uh, challenges we're grappling with at the moment, uh, and. Uh, developing uh, solutions which are plastic-free okay. uh, and are readily uh, recyclable and co- and compostable. Yes. So um, that's kind of been the big challenge over the last year. Uh, another one is um, it's been fairly straightforward to put in place fantastic multi-purpose uh, products, washroom products. It's for the heavy-duty tasks that we, we've, we've really been developing um, products um, that will make a difference. So, for example... Um, most uh, uh, commercial dishwash products are um, highly corrosive, mm-hmm. um, use caustic uh, soda as, as the primary active, um, developing uh, alternatives to that. So um, the, the things we're grappling with are the things that the industry is grappling with in terms of how, do, how does the industry develop and move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we're all fortunate enough to eat in the UK's lovely restaurants. Um, they're looking at challenge. Um, their 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 biggest um, source of waste is their dis- dishwashers. Okay. Um, if you think about those dishwashers, they just go night and day. As as we're all enjoying our delicious meals, plates are racking up, going through. Uh, that caustic uh, is going into those machines. Um, unlike our dishwashers at home, which you know could take an hour, two hours to clean, an industrial dishwasher needs to do its job within a minute, two minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that means you need pretty substantial products to do the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we've been working on that as a challenge uh, and uh, are close to solving that as a, a big challenge for the, um, for the hospitality sector in the UK. Fantastic. Does that have a knock-on effect to the equipment then, in terms of that, that costing? Uh, it does. Um, so um, the, uh, the, the, the parts of the equipment uh, can, uh, can corrode over time. They mm-hmm. are generally fairly heavy duty uh, and, and used to, they're built with, uh, with that level of corrosion in mind. Um, mm-hmm. So it's more an impact that it has on wastewater that we're, we're looking at resolving. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's all those little changes that add up, isn't it? And all those things that you wouldn't, if you were outside the industry, you wouldn't even consider that no. that could be a challenge. <laughs> but, but and that's what we're here for. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so your journey into leadership then, was that, did you... Were you always going to run your own enterprise? Did you come across a, a problem within a market that you wanted to solve, and that's where your, your leadership came from? Or um, I was kind of really kind of raised into this from an early age. My my father was an entrepreneur. He ran multiple businesses. So mm-hmm. uh, every night I'd, I'd be at home listening to the conversations he was having on on the phone uh, and thinking, "Oh, I, I, I definitely want to do that." Uh, and then growing up, uh, I used to do a lot of a uh, lot of swimming and. Um, started uh, really trying to, to help and work with uh, the youngsters that uh, were in the teams I was in. Uh, so I started taking on leadership roles um, 
at school, then uh, at, a, at a county level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of always knew that I wanted to go in, into leadership uh, and uh, to, 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 to help uh, people get the best out of themselves. Uh, and uh, I was fortunate enough that uh, very early on in my career, um, so I, I, I studied full-time for a year and then decided, no, I want to study part-time, start working. I uh, was fortunate enough to get a, a good position uh, and um, very quickly evolved into a management position mm-hmm. and uh, ended up, I think it was 2022 20, when I had my first uh, role running a business. Uh, so I've been running businesses now for, for over 20 years. Certainly uh, uh, the way uh, I, I lead has evolved. Uh, it's, I, I've learned a lot of lessons the hard way uh, <laughs> uh, out of things that have gone wrong uh, and leadership approaches which haven't, haven't worked. Um, so I've got a, a, a lot more of a relaxed approach to it now um, that, than I probably would have had 20 yeah. years ago. Um, so it, it's something I enjoy doing. I enjoy, I enjoy building businesses, uh, and I enjoy working with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I very much, I lead alongside, uh, the, the, the people that I work with. Um, yeah, I'm very much kind of part of the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guide the team, um, in the direction, uh, that, I, that I think it needs to go. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm part of the team to do whatever needs to be done. Yeah. And, uh- and, and thinking about your earlier career, you said there were lessons that you, you learned, and I'm sure there are always lessons that we can all learn, regardless of how experienced we are as leaders. But yeah. is there is there one key sort of, if there was a blooper reel of your leadership career, what yeah. kind of mistakes would you be happy to share with us that the listeners could learn from or that you learned from? Um, I, I think kindness is, is a key, you know, it's so key. It's, it's very prevalent today as a theme, uh, mm-hmm. in the, uh, in, in the early nineties, mid nineties, when I started leading, uh, uh, businesses, it wasn't so much of a theme. Uh, it was far more of an aggressive, um, uh, um, uh, approach, uh, that, that was taken, far more of a management approach rather than a leadership approach. Okay. So it's been, I've really kind of learned evolving from managing people to leading people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, I think kindness goes a long way in doing that. Uh, and uh, that's probably one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is that um, I kind of, I grew up at a time of management rather than leadership and evolving okay. into being more of a leader of people. Uh, and people will only lead um, if, if they want, to. they will only be led if they want to. So you've really got to inspire people. Mm-hmm. Uh, to uh, for for them to uh, allow you to lead them. Otherwise, you're back to managing, and you don't really want to be managing. I think in this day and age, to get the best out of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that that approach to leadership, then does that does that just purely come from the lessons that you've learned? Is that gained purely from experience, or is that from a piece of advice that someone gave you once? So is there? A- um, I've spent a lot of time with other leaders as well, uh, mm-hmm. and and other um, other MDs and CEOs who, who've learned along the way. So. Um, Pretty much through my career, I've been uh, involved in um, in peer-to-peer organisations. Um, so, in my early career in South Africa, before I moved here, uh, I belonged to a networking organisation called Young Presidents Organisation. Since I've been in the UK, uh, I've, I've been part of a, an organisation called Vistage, mm-hmm. uh, and I've just learned a lot from uh, other other leaders, the challenges they're facing, um, and I think because I've had kind of more than a decade and a half of sitting around with other other people facing similar challenges or the problems that I'll face today that I might have seen someone go through 15 years mm-hmm. ago, 20 years ago, 
that I've still kind of banked that uh, that, that lesson that they went through and that memory. So um, spending time uh, with with other leaders um, and even within our industry, I've got a lot of friends who run businesses within our industries. Some of them are competitors. Uh, and, and getting together and just having uh, having a, a, a coffee or a meal or a drink and you know, running through the, the problems that we have, I find even with our competitors, um, I consider them and you know talk about challenges we're facing, be it supply chain, be it um, 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 getting the best out of our, our teams and people, mm-hmm. that we can share those kind of lessons without it being um, um, giving away any competitive advantage. Yes. But just learning from one another. So I'm, I'm a big one for having real conversations with those guys. So, you know, we could get together and, and have a drink and talk about the weather and the economy. It's, you, it's getting into the rub of it in terms of, you know, what, what are the challenges you're facing? These are the challenges I'm facing. Mm-hmm. Um, I found most kind of m- most MDs and, and CEOs that I've had the, the privilege of spending time with uh, are in the same boat where we're all far from perfect. We all don't have enough people to, um, to to bounce our challenges and problems off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, if you can get around the, uh, I, I think everyone's short on time as well. Uh, yeah. No one's got enough time, so uh, there isn't enough time to just you know go and have a coffee and chat about the weather. It's got to be right. This is this is the problem I'm facing. Uh, have you faced something similar? So I, I'm, I'm fortunate. Uh, both in uh, within our, our our industry, I've got some good um, people that I can bounce things off, uh, and from networking organisations, I still see and chat to some of the guys that I met in YPO 20 years ago, uh, and then Vistage. Um, fortunate to to have that network to rely on as well in terms of um, getting getting advice. Yeah, it's important. I was saying to a CEO this morning that I feel, and through doing the podcast as well, I feel as though the best leaders are almost those people that operate almost like a filter so you absorb as much as you can from the people that are either operating in your space or operating as a ceo or an md or facing the same challenges and you kind of put your own spin on it so you take you take from those experiences and those learnings and it seems the best leaders are those that aren't trying to necessarily emulate somebody else they are very authentic but they take from other people influencers yeah, I think there, there's a lot of influence and there's a lot of in, uh, access to content. You know, podcasts are mm-hmm. great uh, access to content that uh, I, when I'm on long, long journeys, I enjoy listening to podcasts. And um, I, I, I used to kind of really be interested in, in engaging what was ha- happening politically. And um, I've just found through the last seven, eight years, it's kind of, if I just, if I had to... Uh, invest my time into that. I, I don't get enough of a meaningful result. So uh, I need to know what's happening from a macroeconomic basis. But mm-hmm. in terms of the detail, I'd rather spend that time today focused on listening to um, other leaders' challenges they're facing rather yep. than uh, listening to what's happening on a political basis all the time. Yeah, absolutely. You've got the micro, you've got the, yeah, the micro, the macro, and then the middle bits. It feels like noise at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one, definitely. And and so uh, we spoke about leaders not necessarily emulating other people, but is there a leader, past or present, famous or otherwise, that you've taken something from or that you've been influenced by in the past? Probably two two um, that that have influenced me. The, the first is my my, my dad, uh, who's run multiple businesses, uh, mm-hmm. grew up kind of wanting to to emulate him in a lot of ways. Um, he was also very good with both my my brother's also an entrepreneur and he kind of told the both of us, look, 
Uh, there are a lot of things I do right, and there are a lot of things I do very wrong. <laughs> so learn from the things I do I do well, uh, and learn from the things I don't do so well. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, he's been an incredible influence through my whole career. Um, uh, he still is today. Still, still chat to him uh, a lot. Um, the, the other um, that's kind of walked this journey with me for the last five years has been um, our um, the chair of our Vistage group, a guy by the name of Dave Pepper. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've learned a huge amount from him, uh, engaging with him. Um, he's, he, he's got a, he's really his finger on the pulse in terms of um, what I'm up to, what my aspirations are, uh, lessons uh, that, he, uh, that I can learn from his journey. So um, those are kind of two kind of very real, um, very real people who mm-hmm. uh, I get to engage with uh, often and, and fortunate uh, to, to, to have uh, both of them to bounce things off where if um, something's um, kind of happening, mm-hmm. um, they come from very different perspectives. Um, mm-hmm. my, my business partner, Tom, as well, um, uh, I, I kind of I rely on a lot uh, as well for 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 uh, for his take, but he mm-hmm. will have a very different uh, take to the one I will. Uh, and I've always been I've always liked to talk to people and listen to people who've got very different um, ways of thinking to me. Mm-hmm. It's important. I think, uh, it's important. Within leadership and within teams as well, you want people mm. who really think very differently. Uh, so often I see teams that are just kind of the the leaders built a, a team of people that will listen to them uh, and it's all about them. You, you want people who disagree with you um, yes. and disagree with you a lot because you, at the end of the day, you will form consensus one way or the other and you go in the in the best direction through not being in step but um, from from being at odds uh, and uh, working together to come to the best uh, the best outcome for the business yeah absolutely it's a dangerous position to be in if you've got you know all the power and no nobody's willing to challenge you or you're not willing to listen to the challenges That's, yeah and you, you can see in the performance i think of those businesses you know they're just mm-hmm. um when, when you stop listening you start listening only to yourself um, yeah, that, that that's when you. I, I think that uh, you, you're opening yourself up to a world of problems. Yeah, absolutely. And and so you mentioned the podcast. So when you're on the long journeys, you enjoy listening to podcasts. Are there are there books or podcasts or content in particular that you've taken a lot from that you've learned from that'd be valuable to share with the audience? Um, I, I think you know one that's um, r- really popular at the moment is Stephen Bartlett and the conversations he's, mm-hmm. he has. Um, so I kind of I'll scroll, scroll through those and, and look for ones which I feel would be relevant to me. Mm-hmm. Um, very kind of short, concise, temp, uh, contemporary uh, business books um, for things that I, I might battle with. So I kind of, I, I try to get along with everyone uh, and I, I sometimes struggle with tough conversations. So um, there, there's uh, a really good book, I can't remember who it's from, called uh, Tough Conversations. And I've learned a lot about those and, to, and I've also learned how to have tough conversations and conversations which could be done in a, in a, in a way which, which could create conflict and just kind of approaching it in a, in a, in a very calm way. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've kind of now got it down where it's, it's innate and, and within me that it, it is calm, uh, where when I started doing it, it was, you know, my pulse would be going and be sweating <laughs> yeah. uh, at the beginning of those conversations. And I've now kind of just got used to having those tough conversations in a calm way. 
And uh, I, I think that's, that's been a really valuable, if there's kind of one book that's been valuable, it's that one, Tough Conversations, and uh, guidance on how to have those conversations, because you need to have them every day. Mm-hmm. If you're not having the tough conversations, you're, uh, you're allowing a, uh, something that's not right or inefficient to carry on in your business, or yep. uh, even trickier, the ones with relationships with customers, where there's an mm-hmm. inefficiency between yourselves and a customer organization and, and how you best resolve those. Uh, and uh, I, I think that that's something that uh, I, I used to shy away from, those discussions, uh, and I've now got a lot better at, at having those discussions. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm better off, uh, and I think the business is better off by by having um, overcome that. Yeah, absolutely. Those are the those are the conversations you don't want to delay either. I mean, you want to delay yeah. them, but it's better not you to delay to, them. You want to, you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so can you tell us about what's going to be happening over the next 6, 9, 12 months with BioBate? Please. Yes, I, I'm really excited uh, with where we're heading. Um, we, we will probably uh, uh, double this year. Um, so we're looking at kind of half a million cases um, to, in our space is, uh, is fairly decent. Um, the kind of a, what, what we're about is disrupting the industry in a positive way. So um, I use the example of the caustic free dishwash. Uh, yeah. And we're launching that in April, so that will be something that will um, will really help move the industry in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and our, it's something that we 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 don't want to be the biggest. Um, um, we we want to be the most innovative. But through our innovation, it will drive um, our competitors to looking yeah. at more environmentally uh, responsible options uh, like that. Um, plastic free is another uh, big challenge that. Um, I'm, I'm hoping we're on the cusp of having salt. Um, so um, we should know by kind of the end of quarter two if uh, we have a plastic-free uh, packaging solution um, that is recyclable, compostable, um, and should be fairly groundbreaking in this commercial cleaning space. So um, that one I'm quite excited about because it's, it's one of those challenges that uh, when, when started having the discussions with everyone, they were just, you know, can't be done. And mm-hmm. um, fortunately, there's some really um, bright organizations that are around today that are looking at alternatives and alternative ways of, of, of sealing. Um, so, you know, things, use, using things like seaweed um, mm-hmm. to, um, to seal bo- uh, bottles, uh, which then um, means you can start looking at um, things like uh, recycled paper. Um, which has got a re- really low carbon footprint. Um, paper can be um, and cardboard can be recycled fairly in- infinitely uh, against plastic. Um, plastic, mm-hmm. we really have challenges in terms of it not being efficient. Um, so, so those are some of the problems that we're looking at solving, um, which is really exciting in the next six mm-hmm. to nine months. Um, what's exciting about that is it, it, it generates a lot of growth on our side as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, just, it, it's also the challenge of um, whenever you're, whenever you're in scale up and you're doubling as a business, it's, uh, you're constantly, you're, you're running after, it's kind of like you're, uh, you're, you're running downhill, uh, trying to, trying to catch the cart that's just in front of you and, uh, just trying to keep it under control. Uh, and, uh, I've, I've done it many times. It's kind of for, for my sins, kind of startup scale up. It seems to be where, where, where I enjoy being the most. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just kind of keeping that happy medium between um, growing at, at, at the pace that um, that the market uh, is demanding that you're growing at, mm-hmm. uh, but keeping touch with uh, quality of service, support, 
uh, and um, also the team, making sure that your it's not your, your team is able to to do that level of growth mm-hmm. um, in in a, in a relatively comfortable way. Um, yeah. So that that's also really um, really helpful to be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the innovation is exciting as well. Not not only in and of itself, but it forces everybody else to do better. You've yeah. spoken about your competitors that, that everybody else will have to follow suit. If you, you can innovate in that way and develop that kind of packaging, then the competitors are going to have to follow suit, which, which is a win for everybody, isn't it? It is. It drives the industry. Uh, and mm-hmm. at the end of the day, uh, the, the planet and the people that use the products will be the, will be the winners. So yeah. Um, yeah. we've got quite a few other uh, innovations that are in the pipeline uh, for later on in the year, uh, next year, working on, on tackling the challenges. And it's, uh, for me, innovation is pretty straightforward. Go and listen to your end user customer, the, the person that's washing the dishes in the, in the restaurants uh, yeah. and, and getting red hands. Um, the... Um, and the, the people that are serving um, the, the food, the challenges that they're that, that they're they're facing, cleaning whatever they need to clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen to those people. Um, listen to our distribution partners who are uh, in, in contact with with the end users daily, and the answers come up. And it's amazing how our kind of big multinational competitors kind of seem to uh, forget that often. Uh, they've got some amazingly bright people sitting in laboratories. Uh, but they're not getting out and listening to what the end users are. Um, so they, they might come up with something which is incredible, is innovative, but it's not really what that end user is looking for. Yeah, not ask so the right we, question we, at the front end. Yeah, so we, we try to start off by listening to, right, what, is, what are the challenges the end users are facing? Mm-hmm. Going and talking to them. Um, you know, we're fortunate we've got... Uh, a few thousand restaurants and hotel customers uh, that I, I love eating at. So every time I go to one of our customers, I always, uh, you know, I'll chat to the manager at the front, but then say, you know, can I pop to the back uh, and and chat to uh, everyone in the ki- kitchen and go and you know find and make make sure chef's happy. Mm-hmm. Um, or if he's not, why isn't he? And that's kind of yeah. why I do it is to find out why chef's not happy or what what are, what are the challenges that the um, the kitchen porter who's, who's washing the dishes is facing. So I love uh, engaging with our end customers um, and, and listening to them and listening to what, what they have to see. Yeah. Um, aside from enjoying their lovely, uh, their lovely food and drink at the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Well, I, I wish you the best of luck. I think it's fantastic what you're doing and what you're building. It'd be great to watch and see what comes next. But I, I really appreciate you making the time, Nick. Absolute pleasure, Amy. Thank you very, very much. And uh, yeah, look, look, look forward to, to listening to it and uh, yeah, continue to listen to your, your other podcasts. Thank you. 